cliffcentral.com. It is time for us to kick off Democracy 101 in probably the most important year uh, in South African democracy mm-hmm. since 1994. Mm-hmm. And uh, as part of, of what we're doing with all of our programming around the elections, and there's going to be a lot of cool and interesting stuff, is we are talking to people and letting them talk, most especially, about what they think of what's going on. And we're using our own people first, and we've got um, our intern, Duma Mabizela, who's going to be a part of the show this morning. We really want to find out what people are thinking. And the best way to do that is to bring them in here, put them in front of a microphone, just and talk. ask them questions and mm. find out what uh, what is on the minds of many young people. Now, Duma is representative of nobody but himself, but he is one of those people who's asking everyone else. So he becomes a conduit for lots of opinions. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons we like talking to him, he's an intern, he's a media graduate from Boston Media House. He's the producer for VVIP and our podcast party, Youth League Leader. Uh, we use all of those terms with yes. our tongue firmly lodged in our cheek. But Duma, it's nice to have you on. How are you? Let me just turn on your microphone. That'll help. There we oh. go. You're fabulous. I'm amazing. I hope everyone else is as well. <laughs> Good. There you go. Good. Good morning. All right. So, Duma, just tell us quickly, um, because people might not know how you got involved here. It actually has to do with uh, all of these shows that we're going to be doing around elections. Uh, VVIP, which is Voters, Voices in Politics. Mm-hmm. You came up with the name, didn't you, Jim? Yes, I did. That's right. <laughs> okay, not just so, a pretty face, you know. So, Duma, tell us a little bit about you, first of all. Just sketch us a, a bit of background here and how you got involved in this and what you, because you're wearing the shirt and everything. Mm-hmm. We can see there it says VVIP on his shirt. I don't know if you could see it on the screen. Let me see if there I can just uh, zoom down there. And then there it is. There it Boom. is. Um, so tell us about you and tell us about how you got involved. All right. So first thing is first, you know, I'm an angel that fell from heaven. <laughs> okay. All right. That's it's not that kind of biography. <laughs> No, man. Um, I'm just a beautiful young black man who just came through. Um, I persistently came to Cliff Central. I've been knocking on the door for so long and eventually the opportunity was given to me to then work with you. And, you know, Rena said something quite interesting when she was just like, I'm not sure if there's going to be work. And I'm like, girl, whatever it is, give it to me. Like, we'll make the work happen. Yeah, we really Mm. thought, oh, no, no. (laughs) Uh, Interns just slow things down. Uh, There's nothing for them to do. We're going to be bored. But we really hit the ground running and we've we've launched this project because it is the most important year. I think all of us agree on that. Definitely. Um, yes. yep. Politically. So, all right. Democracy 101 is what we're doing here. We're trying to get into the most important issues. We're going to talk a little bit in the next few weeks about definitions because democracy is a word that people throw around and nobody actually bothers to interrogate the meaning of it. We've come mm-hmm. up with... Just by asking people around the office, we've come up with about seven definitions. And about four of them are mostly right, and about three of them are completely wrong. Wrong. Yeah, But everybody has a different idea of what these things are. And that's also part of what we're going to do is hopefully bring people to a point where we have critical thinking. We have meaningful discussions around the the issues, not just party political stuff. I Mm. like this guy. I don't like that guy. Mm -hmm. You know how people are. It's all very Mm -hmm. emotional and not very thoughtful. Yeah. So we're going to change that. But you, Duma, have uh, some strong opinions yourself, and you're very interested in what people are going to be doing for the elections. Now, everybody tells me young people don't care about the elections. Which isn't true at all. 
Everybody tells me this is what people say, right? Mm-hmm. This is what the mm-hmm. IEC have even told us. Yeah. It's difficult to get young people to register. Yeah. It's difficult to get young people enthusiastic about voting. Mm-hmm. There, there is a good argument that that is partly the fault of our politicians and of the adults in the room when you were a kid Without that a told you, oh, your vote doesn't count. It can't do anything. It's not mm-hmm. going to make much of a difference. Yes. How do you feel about that? Now, I think before we make such statements, we actually need to look at the statistics that are there. And, you know, Good Governance Africa said for the first time since 1994, 49%, which is less than half of the population, of the young population, have not exercised their right to vote in 2019, compared to the 89% of the people aged from 60 to 69. And, you know, when we spoke about this, I was like, but why is that, why what's the reason what's the purpose you know we sit around we have these discussions as a youth we're talking about groove we're talking about amapiano we're talking about what our mm. favorite artist has mm. released mm-hmm. but none of us are actually talking about what is happening in the country so what had happened was that you know after we had the first initial meeting for podcast party we then came up with a questionnaire to kind of hear what the youth are thinking because it's like okay we want to infiltrate this target market but what are they thinking? The well, first thing you've got to do is the research, which yes. is brilliant. So you came up with a bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll look at those in a second, but I'm interested in that number. So you said mm-hmm. 40, what, 49? 49%. 49%. 49%. 15 to 24. Okay, so why do you think that is? As a youth myself, you know, I don't want to lie to you. When this idea had come up, my first reaction was, I'm not interested in politics. And I had to ask myself, wait, why am I not interested in politics? Mm. And I thought about why is it boring? Why is it uninteresting? And when we look at the state of the nation, especially South Africa, Mm. I am a young person. I'm 24 years old this year. And even for me to do this internship was, you know, certain things had to be done. We look at the unemployment rate in South Africa. We look Mm. at the corruption scandals. We Mm -hmm. look at the, you know, the level of, unfairness that's happening and it's just like what's the point of doing anything our elders feel a certain obligation to vote because they were most affected by what was happening you know before south africa was liberated but then now with us it's kind of just like cool i wake up every day i have enough money to afford bread and that's all i need to do when we first had our first initial vvip recording with jack Literally, you know, Simpiwe had said something very interesting, which is just like, I genuinely can't afford to care about anything else because our works, if we do have a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you're, first of all, you're in the minority of people who have a job. In the minority. Of young people in this country. We've got a massive youth unemployment rate, which I'm glad you brought up. But, mm-hmm. but you've, you've highlight, highlighted the biggest things here. It's not so much apathy as it is just disengagement. Yes. Mm. Right? It's like, why do we want to get into this? Plus, Politics looks dirty. It looks filled with people who are only in it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So why would someone in their 20s want to mix themselves in with that filth, basically? Apart from the fact that they've perhaps not been told properly that politics does affect everything and part of the reason they find themselves in less than optimal conditions is because – we don't have great leadership. And that's a problem worldwide, but it's a particular problem in South Africa. I think it, it, there's there's a large percentage. I think it, it also sits squarely on the, the generation that came before us. Mm-hmm. I don't think they impressed upon us enough just how important getting involved in politics is. And 
Not necessarily to the point whereby now you are. And you come from a political family, you know. And it's it's not about you like walking, the, being parts of marches and all of that kind of stuff. But just keeping abreast of what is happening on a day to day basis, because all of these things are interlinked. And the fact that most of our parents were, as you said, I didn't have time to focus on anything else. I just had to get this job and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the 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 trickle-down effect of that leads to the apathy that Gareth was talking about, or at least the the disconnect between politics and so here's the a, youth. Here's a funny thing. If I asked either of you and pretty much any young person in South Africa, if you're going to vote, if you're registered, do you care about politics, you might give one of two answers or you might be completely ambivalent. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if I say to you, I'm going to take away your right to vote, Oof. oh my God, then people are going to be furious, right? Yeah. So there's there's a basic instinctive understanding that it it is wrong not to have the vote. an opportunity yeah. mm-hmm. to vote and to have your say. Mm-hmm. But most people are not exercising that. If I threatened to take it away, they'd be up in arms. But they don't care to go and exercise. It's like you've got something in the cupboard, but you don't use it. Sure. I think, but there's the, the flip side of that is... You know, uh, the people that fought for the liberation of this country, on some level, they fought for you to make your own decisions. Mm. True. It is also a choice of yours to not exercise your voice, your, your, you know, right. your right to vote. Yes. And whether you have the right or not is, I think, a different conversation. Whether you choose to exercise the vote or not is another conversation in its own, in my personal view. I would also say that, you know, one thing I've picked up with having personal conversations with people around my age group is there's a certain, what can I call it, a disconnect between what we consider a right and what we consider a responsibility. Mm. So we are perfectly aware of what we're entitled to. We're entitled to, you know, um, a, 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 a livable working space we're entitled to livable wage the other day actually this is an incredible anecdote um we have some guys that are coming into our house to do the garden right and my mom told me that oh no we pay them 250 and i'm like okay that's reasonable that's great in this economy that's amazing Mm. and then she told me that they're going to come twice a month and i'm like okay to do the whole yard yes including the driveway yes oh that's amazing how much are we paying them 250 at the end of the month for two times Mm. Compared to the South African um, gardeners that are there that say mm. that I'm going to do 250 per um, per job, visit, yeah, per visit. So these guys are not from South Africa, and I'm just like, okay, girl, let's give them at least 300 because that's a lot of work. I would not even charge that much, mm. and I'm like, am I not going to charge that much because I'm South African, or am I not going to charge that much because well, it's not reasonable? If you can only get a hundred bucks, you'll do whatever it takes to get a hundred bucks. True. Yeah. That's how it works. Um, and that's why minimum wage is a stupid idea. It is. Because you're, you're basically making it illegal for people who are willing to take less money mm. to do things. Yes. And you're killing the small business owner. Because if I cannot employ you below the you know minimum wage. Then I can't employ you, full stop. Then what happens there? What, where do I go from so that point? It, it, it invalidates any opportunity you might have. 
So we find ourselves at this impasse now where we're just like, cool, you know, we're told that this is correct. We're told that this is not correct. I saw a tweet the other day that said, you know, um, the youth today aren't doing what they need to do. And someone quoted it and said, it's because we did everything we were told. And now we're telling, we're being told that we're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. So we're just kind of, you know, there are those that are Well, it's like everybody was told, if you go to university, you get a degree, you'll get a job, you'll have a a good life. (laughs) And, And a lot of people are suddenly finding out all over the world, not just in South Africa, but they're finding out that actually you could get a university degree, you could even get two degrees, and it doesn't guarantee that you'll have a job. It doesn't guarantee that you'll have a good life. Yep. There, there is no way that you can promise someone they'll have a good life. And there's no, there's no like path that's going to certainly make that happen. So here's a question from, or rather a comment mm-hmm. from Slippery Pickle, and I, I want to hear your <laughs> thoughts on this, Duma. Um, I support Socrates. I don't believe that the youth should be allowed to vote. Hmm. That's an interesting comment because when you think about it, one of our main taglines for VVIP is the youth are the inheritors of tomorrow, which is the case. Hmm. But then now the problem is... um, we're very much caught up in our own things. We're very much caught up in our own ideologies of what the world should look like. And it's very much fragmented. So now what we're trying and to do- And sometimes unrealistic. And unrealistic, right. yes. So now what we're trying to do with VVIP is to kind of funnel it down, where it's just like, we're not telling you who to vote for, but you need to be aware of your rights and what you need to know. So that- Comments like these can be backed up with, okay, but then we know what we're voting for. We know why we're voting. If you, even if you're going to continuously vote for the ANC, it's not because you feel like, you know, to quote Cat Williams, an unnatural allegiance to losers. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like you continue, you're doing it because you're aware. You're just like, you know what, I believe in this person who is in charge of my ward, I believe in the person that we're going to be voting as the president of South Africa, not just because of vibes and stuff. Or because that person is trending. You know, what, what, do you, what do you think of people who, um, politicians in particular, who are going out there and they'll, they'll make all kinds of promises mm-hmm. and they'll give people free stuff, whether it's like a cheap T-shirt or a meal or a bus ticket to a concert or whatever <laughs> to try and win them over. I think Short it's term, well, it, it is, but I, I want to hear what Duma has to say about like what, whether that actually has an impact, whether it brings people to the polls. That's what we call basic PR. I need people to, whether they're youth or not, to really up their standards. Because this is a tactic that people need to understand has been going on post-1994. These people come into the townships that they were supposed to be fixing with taps that are running constantly, Mm. I'd call this unguarded Mm. or I'd call this supervised. Mm. They they have no roads, they have no installations, they have no houses. But here you are giving me a t-shirt I'm going to wear when I go to Durban and I don't have a swimming costume. Mm. What am I meant to do with that? You're taking me to a bash. You know, I saw so many political parties doing a whole like voter registration bash and whatnot. And I'm like, Mm. we spoke about it in the um, brainstorming sessions for VVIP and we're like oh no we should have that and I'm like okay but what's the messaging Mm. what are we doing are we just telling people to come through and party and then register or are we telling them why they should register and why they should vote what would you want to hear from politicians what kinds of messages you you quite rightly pointed to the word messaging Mm. what sort of messages would actually break through the noise because there's so much marketing going on in the world today. People are all obsessed with getting young people to spend their money. So yes. advertising, marketing, PR, uh, social media is all driven to get the attention of young people. And that's a damn difficult thing to do. 
the only people who seem to be winning at this over and over again are TikTok, mm-hmm. Instagram, <laughs> Uh, you know, and the, and they've got an algorithm that is designed like gambling to be addictive. Yep. Yes. But if politics isn't interesting to people, whose fault is that? First of all, and what kind of messaging would get people to be interested, especially people like you, Duma? I think this might be an unpopular opinion, but it's very easy to get the youth's attention. TikTok, Instagram, all of these social media networks know how to do it because it's literally, we were speaking about this yesterday, where it's like they put something controversial out. Whether you agree with it or not, you're still going to go ahead, pay attention to it, retweet it, comment, whatever. Right. Now, what I expect to hear, in fact, no, I'm tired of hearing. What I expect to see mm. is a change before election times. Why? Tell me why. In December, I didn't have load shedding. I could charge my phone at any time. I didn't have to put in alarms (laughs) to go do all of these things. And then as soon as it was the 2nd of January, there's my notion app saying, oh, by the way, girl, here you go. We're still here. It was still here. And it's just like our (laughs) matrix wrote in the dark, but they got to spend Christmas, you know, with electricity happening. Why can't we start doing, making changes before election time happens? Because now I'm tired of being manipulated. I'm like a woman who's part of a very toxic relationship. That's I'm it. Tired. Yeah. That's it. Mm. You're being beaten on the on the weekend, and then in the week he apologizes. Exactly. And like expects how, you to stick how, around. How 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 much longer are you going to depend on the promises that you give me? As opposed to actually doing what you're going to be doing, I don't want to hear anymore. You know, I like see. I, I don't know. I feel I, I wish um, the youth would use their phones and their tools. Like TikTok and and Instagram are amazing tools mm-hmm. that can be used to steer a direction in uh, a conversation in one direction or Let's the other. Let's just give credit where it's due. There are Jack some people who are using TikTok yes. and. Like Dan, Dan Corder is one of my favorite sure. people. They're busy He's doing, amazing. they're doing stuff around elections, democracy, yes. voting, yes. what you could get, what you can't, what politicians are promising you, what they all stand for. For sure. I think what, what we need to do is make the conversation a lot more accessible to one, like to all of us. Like we need to give it the same amount of flair and attention that the Cat Williams interview got. You get what yes. I mean? So like, why, 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 why do you think that got so much attention? And how can you draw parallels between that? There the was a lead up. There was a lead up to it. Shannon Sharp interviewed Steve Harvey, uh, Ricky Smiley, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, and all of these people made their claims or whatever it is that you want to call it. Hmm. And then Cat came in to fact check. <laughs> I think it's also, it's, it was an added extra because he is hilarious. So it was mm. easy to watch and you could easily check the information. Are any of our you get politicians in entertaining? In yes, way. very much so. Are they? I think they're I think better Papas than, is amazing as well. They're better than the likes of Skomota. No hates, please don't send me any hates. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no. I, that's just an opinion. No. It's, 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 it's very interesting how we're very much more caught up and much more informed about things that are happening outside of South Africa. True. This Cat Williams interview was hilarious and it confirmed a lot of the things that we needed to know. But how does it impact our lives? I was not dreaming on going to Hollywood. Okay, Mm. I was, but that's not the main point. Mm -hmm. It's like, why do I care about what's happening in the comedic circle or the comedic industry in Hollywood? Which doesn't is something, affect you. It doesn't affect me at any Not point. At all. They're still going to make me laugh. I mean, you know, they, they yeah. can't play men, but they play great women. Hell, you mm-hmm. know? But then it's like, we can't continuously look for ways to make up 
political content in South Africa. We have this behavior. We have this nature of kind of just reading things on social media and not taking the extra step to actually go research it. A lot of the information is available. Every time I get into an argument with someone who is talking about things that I read three months ago, I'm just like, do you have Google? What do you use it for? Why don't you go fact check? I mean, we can't control how, the pol how politicians lead their lives. But I think also we need to start creating a culture where we hold them responsible for what they're doing. Mm. Why is it every time I open a Sowetan or, you know, a Daily Sun, all I'm hearing is, besides, you know, witchcraft doctors dealing <laughs> testicles and all of that. stupid stuff, right? <laughs> it's it's so all annoying. such stupid stuff. And don't get me wrong, maybe that's not their niche and that's their, that's their brand. But like, why don't we have more um, practical uses for the media outlets that are there? I mean, I I'm know. not going to shit on anyone's business. I'm not going to shit on anyone's brands. I'm not going to shit on anyone's content. But it's just like you have such a huge population and you know that, okay, this audience is interested in me shit talking about this person. Mm -hmm. I was seeing the other day, um, you know, one of the trending guys, these young guys are... Uh, I won't mention him by name because his fans will attack me. But he posted a video. Whispered in my ear, I'll say it. I'm not afraid of anybody. Let's see. What's, what's this person's name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Ghost lead. Go okay. On. Yeah. And literally, he posted, I'm not afraid. He of course, now that's going to make a huge difference to yeah. him. He doesn't like it. Go on. He literally posted a video of him, like, you know, having like a meltdown. And at some point, he's chewing his spectacles and he has over 3 million views. And I'm just like, is the standard this? Yes, it is. It low? is. It is that low. The kind of people who uh, who get big numbers are getting it not because they're doing interesting or amazing things, but because usually they're embarrassing themselves. Yes. Mm. Let's just be honest about that too. Very true. You know, it's people who are dancing in a video and they don't look great. Or it's mm -hmm. someone who's, because we've all got a little bit of schadenfreude in us. We like yeah. to see other people making a mockery of themselves, of themselves making an yeah, idiot yeah. of themselves, because then it makes us feel better about ourselves, because we're very damaged in this country, especially young people. Oh. don't really know what we're up to. Mm. And I can't really say we anymore, because you, it's you guys, <laughs> but, but you. Okay, yeah. so if, if what you're saying is true, mm. it's easy to get their attention. Mm. But... How do you turn that into action? Because there's only one day you can go and stand in the queue. And if it's going to be so unimportant to most people that if it rains, they won't go. Or yeah. <laughs> if, if there's some sort of inconvenience. Or there's uh, something on that they want to go to with their friends, they'd rather go to that. Mm. And they will just throw away their chance to have a say in what happens for the next five, five years. years. Yep then what's the point? I don't know. Should we be uh, pointing out the seriousness of what's going on? Perhaps if we could come up with like a doomsday prep, like just, <laughs> you know, engineer this apocalypse that yeah. we can, you know, share to one another on social media, be like, okay, look, if you don't vote, this is what we're going to look like. All right. Well, Mapelo says the problem starts at home. Most parents don't teach their children anything. Kids learn stuff naturally. Politics should start at home. Mm. First of all, hi, Mapelo. Um, second of all, this is very intriguing because I come from a family that is very 
hectic in politics, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in Namibia, where my mom is from. And my grandmother said something very interesting to us. Like I was sitting with my cousin and we were addressing the scandal that came out where um, the former president had a meeting and the snacks for that meeting cost over 3 million Namibian dollars. The snacks. The snacks. Wow. So when we started questioning this thing, my grandma is a very, you know, uh, staunch, or at that time, she was a very staunch believer of the political party that was ruling at the time. And she chastised us for questioning the government. And she's just like, no, they're the reason why we live in this house. They're the reason why we do this, do that. So you find that a lot of the times, whenever we do speak about politics with our elders, there's a lot of fear mongering that mm. happens that are there. And Interestingly enough, this also um, goes back to one of the results for the survey where people said that they believe that our current government is corrupt. However, they are willing to stand in the queue and re-elect them because they have no faith in other parties. And you just ask yourself, okay, where did this nature come from? You know, what Mm. are we talking about when we speak about politics with our families? Where it's such a serious issue where, you know, literally your parents would rather hear that you're gay than to hear that you're voting for someone that they didn't, they don't believe helped liberate South Africa. So the problem is not at home. I don't believe it's at home. The thing is, we are the youth. We're very independent. We're very self-driven. And one thing to get the youth's attention is to understand how these implications come to us. We are the future. But then, you know, besides making that a cute little tagline for a campaign, you need to understand what is the significance of that statement. We're voting for people that are going to make sure that the youth unemployment rate raises up. It is at currently Mm 60.2%. I fact-checked this yesterday. Yeah. There are people that don't know how they're going to be eating tomorrow. And right. most of these people are not people that are aged 60 to 69, 50 to 59. Mm-mm. It is us. Mm. We are all living in households. A lot of people, sharp COVID happened. A lot of people had to go back home. And it's just like, we need to re, you know, we need to readjust. We Still need to bouncing back. Yeah. But we need to understand that it's not all on us. We need to have a say in how things are happening. Why is it that corruption is so rampant in this country that whenever we hear about people stealing funds from schemes that are meant to benefit the, the South African people, it's just the whole thing of, oh my gosh, you know, oh, that's so crazy. That's you know amazing. what? Like, I'm going to go to America. I think I'm also keeping in mind that these things don't happen in a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. So for 10 million rand to be misused, you're talking about maybe 20, 30 people being involved in that office, okay? So firstly, we need to come to terms with the fact that the people that are making the photocopies, getting the coffee, mm-hmm. uh, signing all of these documents is us, number one. Number two, uh, I, I think we need to steal the, the one idea from the States where we have political debates. Mm-hmm. Have these people stand on the stage and we ask them a variety of questions and we figure out who's who in the zoo. Exactly. And once, once we take accountability for our actions as individuals, this is before we talk about politics and parties and whatnot. Gareth, we were talking about this earlier on in terms of littering and rubbish. Yeah. Mm? Mm-hmm. Let's start there. And then let's put these people on a stage, all 32 Political parties or three hundred, whoever knows how. Even even that needs to come to an end because, <laughs> yeah. honestly speaking, ideologically they are not that main, they're not that different no. from one another. Let's let's be honest. They really aren't. And so, so with debates, 
we'd be able to clearly see that, okay, Gaten and for argument's sake, Julius, you guys are saying the same thing. So we are not going to waste our vote on you two people. You must either make a coalition right now (laughs) and figure that shit out. Or look, we are not going to waste our time giving you our our votes. Mm -hmm. Well, there are a couple other comments here I want your thoughts on. So um, there are some people who say we're missing the point. Like uh, here, Super Jacob Zuma says, (laughs) the issue is being missed. The issue is that people are looking for a business daddy at bureaucracy level. Stop uh, stop looking for a lover idol for a job that requires no personality. In other words- that a lot of politicians are best if they don't have personality, if they don't have character, if they don't have a whole lot of charm and sophistication, mm. but if they get shit done. done. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you want people who are just technocratic. There you go. Be competent. Competent. Just do your job. Just Good do your yep. job. It's crazy. Um, we, we do not hold, in fact, there's the standards by which we measure our politicians are standards we wouldn't live with on our own as individuals. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is insane to me when I think about yeah. it. It is crazy. John Bad Dog says, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too, Sasa keeps the ANC in power. <laughs> so as young yes, people in South Africa, yes. Yes. we know that old people are persuaded by this because many of them don't have an option. Mm-hmm. But is that also a factor for young people? Without a doubt. Sasa Without Grants? A doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, that How many people do you know in? who are on Sasa Grants? Either of you. In in the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, Zone 8, Midlands. Uh, I'm willing to say maybe 40% of the people in my age group. So what's that, 350 a month? There's the 350 a month, there's the, the for the child. Child grant. Mm-hmm. Child yeah. grant, uh, yeah. For the grandmother as well. But so put it all together, it's still not a lot of money. It, it, it really it isn't. isn't. It's not a but living. It's something. It's not a. It's not even the minimum wage government forced people to pay. Yeah, it's not in business. But it's yeah. something. You know, my mom likes making this example. She's just like, "Who else is going to give you that money?" It's just like you know, we've also come to a point where we are easily impressed by the bare minimum. But do, the bare do people minimum. know that that isn't the ANC giving them that money? It is the taxpaying people of South Africa, the state. No. It is the country that is giving them money, not the political party, because we've got to create that obvious distinction too in people's heads. It's not the ANC who are dipping into their own coffers, mm-hmm. which we know are empty. Mm-hmm. They're bankrupt. They can't even hold on to Lutuli House at the moment. It looks mm-hmm. terrible. So do they know? And how can we help them to understand that that money is not conditional on them voting for the ANC? In other words, even if the ANC aren't the government, tomorrow mm. it doesn't yeah. mean that whoever comes in can just take away their social grants and I, even if they attempt to you have the power to actually uh i'd call this confront them because also um one thing i've noticed is that our voter apathy is the fuel for the corruption that goes on Definitely. they know they yes. can do this mm. can get away because with it. we don't care yeah mm. and that's what VVIP is here to do, which is like, listen, again, we're not going to tell you who to vote for. We're not going to tell you, you know, um, how you should vote. We're telling you why you should vote. All right. So tell me quickly, because you just brought up VVIP and I'm glad you did because you're just pulling us back on track, Duma. <laughs> so you guys did two events um, around Reconciliation Day. Yes. The 16th. The 15th uh, and the 16th. So on the 15th, you were in... Soweto? Yes. And on the 16th, you were in Pretoria. Yes. Mm. So how did those go? What kind of people did you meet? What did you learn? Because people can listen to the stuff. You've put it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But 
maybe they want like an executive brief of what you were looking for, what kind of answers you found, what sort of comments you got from people. This is, this is on the ground research that's very valuable. All right. So first of all, those both those days were very hot. I should just mention, you know, the December heat does not play. Mm. But also, um, it was we went out onto the streets with Bafana Mudise as the presenter to go and listen to what the people on the streets have to say, the ones that did not have access to the mm. survey and who couldn't come to uh, Cliff Central to record the podcasts. Mm. And essentially, we spoke to a lot of young people, specifically in Soweto. A lot of their ideals and their opinions are quite interesting because a lot of them are just like they have no reason to care my grandmother has been in this house since her grandmother was there you know she can tell me about how they were forcefully moved to Soweto and it's just like you know why should I have a dream if this is the destiny I'm meant to have and what I love about Pafana is that he gave them a rebuttal where he's just like okay cool but then what if you could do something about it? And it's almost like you could see the spark in these people's eyes where they're just like, I could mm. do something about it. Mm. We spoke to business owners. We spoke to, um, you know, the vendors that are outside at Hector Peterson Memorial. And they're just like, you know what? I'm just out here hustling. And we're like, okay, cool. Don't you want to think of a life where you don't have to hustle as hard? Not to say that you should be complacent and lazy, mm. but it's just like, you know, you could make this easier for yourself because there are people that are responsible for your well-being and we are not taking that responsibility to make sure that we are living great as people in South Africa. Then we move on to Pretoria. We had um, interviews at Union Buildings. Very gorgeous. Um, the monument, you know, with, uh, who is this? Luis Borda was very foreboding, but, um, <laughs> you know, I kind of just stood there and I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, but a lot of the opinions that were there were quite fascinating. We spoke to a lot of elderly people as well to just get their ideas. They're not our target market, but mm. it's nice to speak to the people that were there. Um, particularly I'd like to highlight um, Louis and Louise who were cycling from Alberton to Pretoria. Wow. Imagine. Lunatics. In, her father is 70. She's about, I think, 50. Okay. And they cycled all the way from the south of Johannesburg to Pretoria. These white people? Colored. Okay. And Just checking who's this crazy to cycle all that way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Literally, it was just like, you know, we did our part. She said something quite fascinating, which said, we did our part. We mm. did what we could. But it's very disheartening mm. to know that we are the ones that are kind of still carrying that burden to be like, okay, cool, we've got to vote because the people that we voted for, the people when we voted and had in mind are not doing it. So we have to do it. Another very interesting thing when you bring up white people mm. is we couldn't find a lot of them. It was a mission for both days. Why? Are, it, they, are they scared to say what they think? Yes, because I've gathered, uh, we had James um, on the team with our uh, uh, people that were recording. And he had, when we eventually found white people at the end of our day in Pretoria, <laughs> um, he came to me and is just like, okay, Duma, I just want to ask you, like, these people are willing, but can you just quickly talk to them and let them understand that they're not going to be cancelled? And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, um, maybe they misunderstood the brief. Let me go and try and, you know, rectify. Mm. So I'm like, this is what we're doing. We just want to get your opinions as young people. And, you know, we just want to know what do you think about the current affairs in South Africa? And they're like, okay, but what if I say something wrong? And I'm like, okay, what's an example of something wrong that's to be said? And it's like, what if I feel like the government should be reshuffled or the government should be, the our current ruling party should step down? They're scared to say what they think that because they're worried about being called racist? Yes. 
That is scary. Actually. And we're paying attention to such useless issues. That like, is scary. Racism is real. Racism is an actual ill of South Africa. But to have such a serious concept mm. be mixed up with expressing your opinion about the government that's ruling you as a member of this country is insane. Do you know? Do you know what bothers me? Tell and me. it it's it's something that I learned once I. Uh, started getting into the things that Thomas Sowell um, love Thomas Sowell talks about and writes <laughs> about. Right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 insane to me that during the most like when racism was in your face, racism like yeah, where where a seven year old white kid could call a forty year old man a boy with no repercussions. Mm-hmm. That's when black families were most together. That's where people actually got out of their houses and did things that affected change in a real way. Yes. By, so in 2024, when I hear the term racism, it annoys me because, especially in South Africa, where, you know, black people are in the majority. It pisses me off so much because there's so much that we could do to fix real problems instead of talking about this sideshow that happens in very, very small instances. Like my father, and in fact, both of my parents have told me horror stories Mm. of what it was like for them to grow up in this country. Sure. I haven't experienced not a single, like I, I can't even equate anything that I've ever gone through that would come close to that, mm-hmm. right? And to hear that some kid in Pretoria, because he's white, he's afraid to point out an actual fact that the government's not doing the right thing, but they're afraid of being canceled. Do you realize just how many psychological blocks we are putting up for the future of this country? But also we know racism gets a huge amount of attention in this country. And if you can label someone racist, it's like an, it's a win-all argument for some people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I could, I I could care less, but it's some people really give a thinking. shit. It's like, the end of the discussion. And, and they're worried that they won't get jobs. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll be ostracized in their communities. I mean, I think we've done a very good job in this country of making, in the world, of making racism an unacceptable thing. Yes. So much so that people who are not racist are terrified of being labeled racist because they know that it's absolute poison. So you have to ask yourself, who would be racist in this situation? I also would like to know that, you know, if we are going to say that, okay, cool, racism still exists. I mean, it pretty much does, maybe in in certain parts. It does. But it's it's very limited. And and if you, trust me, you'll know it when you see it, right? Exactly. And it's like, if we're going to continue, you know, reiterating buzzwords like, okay, white monopoly capital, um, you know, um, white minority rule. I don't know if you said that by mistake or on purpose, but capital is probably a better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If these are issues that you believe so strongly in, what are you doing to address them? Because most of the time it's spoken by people that want to sit behind a computer and, you know, reiterate these buzzwords. But it's like, okay, cool. Here's the opportunity now to actually be involved. If you believe that this country is gripped, um, which it probably is, by white monopoly capital, <laughs> if that is an actual issue that you're passionate about, mm. what are you doing about it? Why are we not sitting down and speaking about what practical ways we can use to actually empower the black man? Instead of using this as, I, I don't enjoy sitting... 
and um, speaking to a lot of young people that spend too much time online because they reiterate words that are said by a lot of our amazing and entertaining political leaders. And it's like, again, we need to then have the effort to actually go do this research ourselves. We have to go get this information ourselves and we need to understand what is it that we're doing about it ourselves. It's fine that Gareth can say this and before I can co-sign to it, what is it actually? And what's my role as a young black person in South Africa to making sure that it does not continue? Instead of just sitting by and repeating it whenever the argument comes up, it's all great and well mm. to talk about it. Don't mm. get me wrong. But as I said before, I'm tired of hearing. We need Solutions. to start seeing. We need to be right. solution-oriented. Well, I'm I'm also interested in in whether you think that going around and doing what Mbalintuli is doing, mm. where she's going from place to place in South Africa and she's trying to encourage voter registration, do you think that's having the impact that it that it should? And do you think that if this is led by other people other than young people themselves, it will have the impact that it needs to have? I think what we need as young people is representation. Um, Another thing that we're kind of tired well, of. And, this is a good point. Like yes. all our politicians are old-ass old. people. Yeah. They're on their 60s, 70s, 80s. They're planning for a future that they won't be here for. They're not going <laughs> like, to be around. What, what, are, what right. are we doing? So even more reason for young, <laughs> young people, people to, to get, get involved. stuck in. To get, uh, yes. Which parties, which parties, this is an interesting question. Which parties are actually grooming the next generation? I think Rise and Zanzi is doing a great job. You do? Well, like, at least uh, from from... You know, it, it's it, they haven't They're been so small though. They are. They mm. haven't been given the opportunity to perhaps run a municipality or anything I'm like that. I'm not criticizing them. I'm just yeah. saying they're small. It's just yes. what I, I enjoy the things that they point out. I I, I I like the fact that they are young. You know what I mean? Mm. That again, it's it's for me. It's it's about pushing the conversation to a point whereby we can all agree that if the government tells us that our parents need to retire by the age of 65, yes. that rule must be applied to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have favorites. <laughs> you, no, we shouldn't. We, shouldn't, we, we should not have favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think at this, I, I still need to do a bit more uh, investigating, but I think at this point in time, Ryzen Zanzi, for me, Okay. is mm-hmm. the, the, the one political party that at least communicates in a manner that I can understand and agree with. Because what we're doing here too, what you guys are doing when you go out to these places and when you're asking young people what they think and trying to persuade them to get involved in the democratic process, even if they don't register or even if they don't vote, yes. but to actually maybe even stand in their own ward for office or go to the meetings, mm. make their voices heard, all yep. that kind of thing. We're actually doing some of the work for the political parties. Now, does that mean that they're all shit at their jobs? Because it's easy to just keep on like knocking all the parties. Mm-hmm. Or is there a party you think is getting it right? I don't want to lie. I really had um, experienced a breath of fresh air when Action SA came through. And, you know, they gave us all these amazing ways in which they want to change the country. And it's like, you know, again, we're tired of promises, Mm. right? But then for what I've seen so far, I think just um, last year we had met one of the young guys that's actually working with Action SA. I forgot his name. But, um, you know, we had a whole discussion about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. If you are, uh, it's cool, preparing to be part of uh, Mm. of that party, then 
I, you have my vote. I'm not saying I'm going to vote for him, disclaimer, no. but mm. I'm just saying in the running that's coming up, sure. I haven't heard anything from, you know, NC Youth League. I haven't heard anything from the DA Youth League. You know, EFF is another story. But it's just like, you know, outside of the big three, I have some hope out, you know, otherwise. Okay, so you're saying it, the, the big three are crappy at this, but the others are good. The they're 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 good. Good. Oh, there's, there's they're potential. Different. There's, there's potential. potential. Yeah, there's, there's potential. potential. All right. And, and I think as well, um, I think we, we skipped over this part, which is extremely important. If our educational system pay, put an emphasis on making people understand how government works, we would have left school understanding the chain of command, understanding how things trickle down from the top to the bottom. Instead of us essentially sitting in school for 12 years and learning everything else other than the things that we actually use on a day-to-day basis. I'm not sure about that uh, because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like um, we have examples like LO, for instance. LO was designed to life kind of orientation. Us, life orientation was, you know, designed to teach us about the dangers of, or, you know, to make us aware of what life is, including, you know, teenage pregnancy, um, STI. Well, it the doesn't HIV seem to rate. have worked very well. We've it, got it, the it highest doesn't. levels of teen pre- pregnancy in the, in the world. In I think. the world. We have so much misinformation when it comes to um, STDs and STIs, such as HIV or AIDS. People that can't even tell the difference. First of all, so it's like, I don't know if this is a problem with the education system as a whole. And, you know, we might get to a point where we can address it. But what is that disconnect between what, you know, our authoritative, uh, authoritative figures are doing and how it is being received by the young people? Well, there was a, a comment made earlier. I can't find it now because it was quite a while ago. But, but mm-hmm. someone said, mm, conspiracy theory, maybe it's in the interests of particularly the ruling party, but politicians in general to keep the youth out of things and just keep them like dumb, distract them with all the things that they already are paying attention to that don't make a difference like Mm -hmm. TikTok and, Mm -hmm. you know, entertainment and that sort of alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, throw that at them and then they won't get involved because they're unlikely to vote for you anyway. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. You don't? I don't think so. I don't think so at all because... um, these, like, again, these are the, the ruling party right now, or at least uh, the age group mm-hmm. that is in parliament right now, are the people in all likelihood that were up against the apartheid government. And you know what I mean? They, had, they actually saw it up close. And they were the youth at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And they knew just how much change they brought about. Like... Nelson Mandela was on Robben Island when 76 happened. Yes. You get. Mm-hmm. The NC was kept alive by people like Winnie Mandela, but the people that followed her were young people. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like the 70 and 80 year olds now were in their 30s and 20s at that time. And so if... Do you think they know the power of young people? Without and they, a shadow of a doubt. Because of it, they so they'd were rather, the power of They'd rather people. keep you... Without a distract, shadow of a doubt. They'd rather keep you distracted. They'll rather pull you over on the highway and get their police, their, their security people to beat you up instead of listening to you. That's, <laughs> that's what I believe. One of the interesting points that came out again in the podcast that we recorded was that a lot of the youth um, understood that a lot of our leaders were amazing freedom fighters. They were great freedom fighters. We thanked them for their service. Sure. They're just not leaders. 
Hmm. I think we must wrap it up there because there's a lot to chew on. Um, yep. So we wanted to start uh, this year strong with Democracy 101 and really get to the heart of why we're doing so much of this programming. And I think it's an extremely important part of it, what uh, Duma's doing, what Jack is doing. Mm-hmm. And we want your comments and your thoughts on this too. So feel free to email us, contact at cliffcentral.com if you want to get involved or you can think of a way of, um, of involving your business. I mean, there are lots of companies in this country who also understand – that what we're trying to do here is is not just advertising and marketing. This yes. is about like the entire environment that we try to live, do business, mm. get married, have kids, try to do the lives and live the lives that we want to live in is dependent on an administration that isn't trying to screw us there you and go. that actually delivers the basic services with competence. Mm-hmm. And we're only going to get that if we can persuade young people to go to the polls and vote and think about what they're voting for. Mm. Actually make these politicians dance for their their money. Yes. Yeah. Make them make work for their money. Sweat. I, sweat. I, had a, <laughs> I had an interesting conversation with a couple of my friends not too long ago and we were genuinely asking, yeah. why do they have a paycheck? And look, I, I, I'm, saying, I'm not saying that people shouldn't work, uh, should, should just work for free and all of this stuff. But... This is a genuine question. Maybe I'm being dumb. No, but dumb. The president. Why does he have a paycheck? Are you telling me he needs to buy groceries? As the president, you need to buy your own groceries. Like he doesn't. He definitely doesn't. He doesn't drive his own car. No. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to go out and buy himself clothes. Doesn't have to pay for petrol. So or security. What exactly is he doing with that money? And I I believe. our president now earns about north of two million rand. Mm. Yeah, and he doesn't. No need, he's already a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, that's Let's what I'm saying. Forget. He's so already a billionaire. What? What are you doing with that money, ministers? I feel like the moment you go into public service, maybe that should be a a rule that we enforce. That once you go into public service, your life on some level will be taken care of. Yes, but within the living. Uh, standards of the rest of the country. Yes, that way we we will get a, we'll get rid of all of these money mongering people that just want to be in it for the cash, and the people that are there to serve, who are there to actually serve, might be the people that step up to the plate. Perhaps and kind of, and kind of change this attitude we have whenever we aspire to be in government or government positions, instead of seeing it as a you know, a jackpot or a glamorous step life. Yeah. It's an actual responsibility. And maybe then we can stop looking at the States of the Nation address as a circus and actually something that is serious and that needs our attention as young people. Boom. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you, Duma. Thank you very much, Jack. That is uh, the first episode of many this year, which will focus on all of the stuff that has to do with each and every one of our lives. And don't yep. think for a second that you can operate outside of this. If you are extremely poor, you may have no hope in this government. You may get no service from them whatsoever. If you're extremely rich and you think you can live in a gated community, get your own electricity and water, you still have to use our roads. You still have to go to uh, the shops with everybody else. You still have to exist in a a country that's falling to pieces. Mm -hmm. No one is exempt. Mm -hmm. And all those people in the middle, you're being screwed the hardest because they come after you for your tax and you follow the rules. No lube. Yep. Yeah, no lube. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I actually saw something on the comments. Yes, uh, go on. Before 
we we get out of here. It, it's rebellious Ruby's birthday. Ruth, so, Ruth, Ruth rebellious Ruth. Ruth. There you go. Who's the chairperson of the comments section? So there you happy, go. Birthday, happy birthday, Ruth! Happy uh, birthday. Glad you're there in the first week to make sure everybody in the comment section is in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's our chief whip. Yeah. Oh, That's thank you so much does. for being a shareholder of this uh, organization. Yes. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Very nice. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.